Welcome to the History Respawn Podcast. I'm your host, Bob Whitaker. Today's episode is a mini-episode in which John and I discuss the Assassin's Creed movie trailer, which debuted last week. So, John, how's it going? Uh, pretty good, Bob. I'm ready for fast bending. Let's do this. Yes, yes. <laughs> fast bending, Assassin's Creed, any kind of fast bender pun that you They're can all come welcome, up with. All of them. Yes, we should come up with a good pun for this uh, podcast episode. I think that would be that would be funny. I mean, Fassassin trailer or something like that. <laughs> or I'm trying to think of a way to combine Fassbender and trailer, and I can't can't quite think. Well, of in it. the email exchange, so shortly after the last podcast, when I wrote to you and said, "I can't believe we forgot the Assassin's Creed trailer," you did reply and say we should be assassinated. I thought it was pretty solid. <laughs> pretty solid. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the uh, Assassin's Creed movie trailer debuted last week uh i think it debuted on jimmy kimmel live in the united states uh i'm not sure about where elsewhere it would debuted but uh it's now up on youtube uh and this is a movie that has kind of been in the works for the past few years and uh, michael fassbender has been attached to the project for the last two years and it it always seemed kind of like a bit of a pipe dream to actually get this movie made not so much because of the popularity of the game but just because the setting and the storyline for this game is so weird um you know if you really step back and look at it you know kind of modern day setting matched with historical setting it makes sense for a video game but for a movie i think it's it's really kind of difficult what do you think john yeah i mean i think it's it's also complicated by the fact that even in the games i think there's it feels very imbalanced between the quote unquote present day Abstergo stuff and the actual settings. I mean the actual yeah. historical events are the fun parts of the game. Um Desmond as a character, at least for me, has never really kind of landed, you know, and the whole animus thing, um, it's funny because I often thought as the games went on, um, we've played a lot of these games. I thought the animus thing they could find an excuse to just drop it. Um but of course then how do you how do you justify your um, you know, your Spanish Inquisition game, which is where the film is set. How do you justify your Fall of the Qing Dynasty game or something? You know, so they had to some kind yeah. of a framework. Um, and the end, end of Assassin's Creed gets kind of insane and everything, which is fun. But, uh, overall, I think that balance has never quite worked in the game. And it's funny because I remember when the first game came out, I remember before the first game came out, I was thinking at the time what an odd idea this was. I was convinced it was not going to work, which is why I will never work as an analyst in the video games industry. Um, and it just seemed like an odd game, and the game itself was kind of weird. Like, the first Assassin's Creed game has got a lot of the elements that made the series so successful, but, like, the last half hour of the game is terrible. And Oh, it's a and, mess. And, and, and oh, it's so just bad. such a weird game. So... In that sense, if you're being optimistic or charitable, I think you could say, well, the film is kind of echoing that. But I will say, I just have assumed this would be a complete steaming pile for a couple of years now. I really <laughs> thought it was going to be Uwe Ball level film. And from the trailer, it does not look like it's going to be that. The only person in the trailer who, who just seems embarrassed to be there, and I don't think she should be, is uh, Marion Cotillard. Like, she's just not a... From the set, from the tiny samples we see of her acting, she doesn't really look like she's trying very hard. Um, but Fassbender is, and um, it seems like seems fun. So, so in that sense, yeah. it's kind of an underdog thing. Like the game, maybe it could be a big hit. Yeah, he seems like he's committed in the trailer, and you know, one of the things I would say about this division between the present day and the past in Assassin's Creed games is it's something they've definitely backed away from. 
uh, as the series progressed. And, you know, they made the big leap in Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag where you were playing essentially a game developer yeah, uh, yeah. at uh, Abstergo's uh, game industry uh, wing. Uh, and uh, essentially, you know, there was no uh, animus, uh, you know, at least in the traditional sense. And then in the previous uh, two games, Unity and then in... Um, Syndicate, there's been present day sections, but none of this kind of animus, uh, you know, jumping into the animus matrix style in order to go back in the mm-hmm. past. I would say about 90% of the previous two games in the series have taken place in the historical time period. So it's interesting to see them, like you said, going back to kind of the original formula of the first game in which you've got kind of this, you know, uh, what I mentioned, a matrix type situation where you're, you're getting plugged in, uh, so to speak, mm-hmm. and going back, uh, in this instance to the Spanish inquisition, which I don't know. What, what do you think of that time period? I think it's an interesting choice. It's, it's a, you know, a setting that hasn't been in the game so far, but it does kind of lend itself to the previous games, the older games in the, Assassin's Creed series in which it's, it's obviously going to deal with subjects like Catholicism, mm-hmm. uh, religion, right. uh, and probably some sort of, you know, resistance to that Inquisition. So I'm just wondering, what do you think of that? I think it could be interesting. I mean, I think it's interesting from the imagery being used in the trailer, and I think that it should be said that all the historically set stuff looks gorgeous in the trailer and I and I, I really hope that's yeah. indicative of the movie and I have no reason to think it wouldn't be uh, you know it's reminiscent to me of the first game especially even though it's set in Spain yes. but that makes sense if you think of the Spanish Inquisition and so if they were at least if they're set designers and in some sense the writers were aware of a lot of the Spanish Inquisition's kind of motivations come from only being a few decades or just over a century so removed from hundreds of years of Muslim rule over Spain you know um, if they're yeah. going to try and explore that, I don't think they would in the plot, but if they explore it stylistically and the way people are dressed and things like that, that for me makes it exciting. Do you know what I mean? As as opposed yeah. to, and it looks from the trailer that it's not, um, you know, Spanish Inquisition, Monty Python style, a bunch of guys in shining weaponry, you know, basically medieval Europe, you know, or, or, or you know, end of medieval Europe. It, it looks like they're kind of going for that southern Spain, mo- recently Muslim kind of look. And maybe they are, maybe they aren't. So it's exciting. What, of course, was dispiriting for me, Bob, was the very next day after the trailer was announced, um, you know, there's reports coming out that about 60% of the movie set in the present day with him playing Desmond and not oh, the other no. character. So I know. hopefully, that who knows? I mean, this is coming from comments from the from the people making the movie itself. But yeah, we don't know. You, you never know from a trailer. But from what I saw, um, it looked like fun. And I think that when you have a guy like Fassbender who's talented, if he's committed to it, you can get away with a lot. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I I think so. I, I think you know part of the whole reason why this movie is being made is because Fassbender has been kind of pushing for it. And so I think he is somebody who's pretty engaged in the idea of the game – you know, at least turning it into a movie. So, you know, hopefully mm-hmm. that's a positive sign. I mean, he definitely seems like he, you know, just from the clips from the trailer, he looks like he's committed uh, to this role, especially when it's in the historical setting. Yeah. Um, so, and what I liked about I, it too yeah. was, you know, in the historical setting, 
I mean, geez, if you showed someone 15 years ago, a video game fan, this trailer 15 years ago, they'd be amazed. Like, oh my God, it's going to be the oh best video gosh. game movie of all time. Yeah, and, exactly. And yeah. there's two images that's, that jump out at me from the trailer, which is um, when two assassins make that kind of T-shape, about to make their their leap kind of shape with each other on top of a roof, and then the yeah. actual leap of faith at the end of the trailer. And it's the kind of thing that, the first time I saw the trailer, I was like, oh, you know, why bother doing fan service to the game kind of stuff? But actually, they're really well shot. They're very nicely framed. It just looks cool. And I'm pretty sure they'd look cool yeah. even if you didn't play the game. And so that's yeah. exciting. And that's a long way from Doom. And I have a soft spot for Doom. Um, you know, Dwayne the Rock Johnson screaming Semper Fi, mother effers, and generally trying to kill people. <laughs> and this terrible, terrible idea they had of like basically having a first-person shooter for the last 10 minutes of the movie. Uh I I don't think that was a terrible idea. I think it was poor execution. That's, that's true. Just no, me that, that's a good point. That that's a fair distinction, I think. But um, and I and I even said it with a bit of a heavy heart because I actually I I do quite enjoy that movie actually. But but that that's exciting. That's come that's come a long a long way. And this I know it's very superficial, but like even the kind of music and song they picked for um the trailer, it just feels it just feels the the people making this movie are not like ah. Uh, they're keyed in in some sense to like something feeling cool, you know, <laughs> like having some yeah, energy I, to I it. Feel, you know? I, I feel like they, they kind of understand what makes the game cool yes, and yes. they've translated that well into a trailer. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't seem like people who were shown the game or were told about the game. Do you know what I mean? Like you get yes. the impression people have played the game and maybe they haven't. Maybe they're just really good at um, yeah. making these interpretations. I don't know. But, I mean, uh, you, but you definitely don't get the kind of feeling you get from other video games turn into movies for instance the super mario brothers oh, yeah. movie which is kind of like you know somebody who watched a bunch of ridley scott movies especially blade runner and then taking <laughs> mario and luigi without actually playing the game and sticking them into blade runner <laughs> that was insane uh, i watched that movie recently for another podcast with our friend gus and that that movie oh it was bizarre and like changed yeah. anyway let's not get into the super mario brothers movie but that's a good example of the kind of stuff that was being churned out 20 years ago and so and then you get this kind of weird like phase particularly the uve ball where they're trying to be faithful to movies and it just doesn't work so are faithful to the games it just doesn't work so so this looks cool it's exciting and the spanish inquisition getting back to the history of it it's an interesting setting i i guess my concerns um if the movie is set mostly in the present day, my concerns go from just being like worried as a fan to being concerned as an historian where, well, that doesn't that make it more likely you'll, you'll be very one dimensional in the way you portray the Spanish Inquisition. Um, mm, I mean, yeah. you know, there's only a certain amount of nuance you're going to have, I guess, with those guys, but <laughs> in a film, I mean, in kind of an action movie, but the less space they give themselves for the historical setting, the less kind of exploration they can really have with it other than it just being a beautiful looking backdrop, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think it makes sense. I can see, you know, maybe a boardroom of marketers getting together and trying to decide where to set this movie. And Spanish Inquisition makes sense. I think people are kind of incredibly interested in medieval history. Um, mm -hmm. And I think they're also very interested in conspiracy uh, history, conspiratorial history that revolves around the Catholic Church. Mm -hmm. And I think we have Dan Brown yeah. uh, to thank yeah. for a lot of that. You know, a couple of things that I noticed uh, from the trailer that I think is interesting, at least from the Assassin's Creed game point of view, translating the game into a movie, uh, is the fact that 
they refer to Michael Fassbender's character as a criminal at the beginning, mm-hmm. uh, saying that he was executed uh, at the very beginning, which is is curious. I'm, I'm interested to see what that means. And then also there's no mention of uh, the assassins as a group, and there's no mention of the Templars as a group, and there's also no mention of the so-called Pieces of Eden uh, in the trailer. Right. And I'm wondering if those are actually going to be a part of the movie, because I think you could very easily kind of set up this divide between the assassins and Templars without actually going into right. the reason for the conflict. Um, so, and I think when you get into the pieces of Eden, it becomes very, very strange, very quickly and very complicated <laughs> uh, in a hurry. Yeah, He does. He does say we're assassins at one point. Like that's like the one brief mention, but there's no real context for it. Um, the Pieces of Eden makes me think of um, all these comic book movies where, you know, the most recent Captain America now is getting into the kind of territory. Like a lot of the comic book fans who watch the movies are getting really excited now because it feels like the comics to them because they've had so many movies and accumulated so much, you know, audience experience. They can start to take the audience in different directions, you know, um, like into minutiae, I mean, and, and drop these things. And so maybe that would be the second Assassin's Creed movie would introduce that or you know it'll be like a an end of credits teaser or something you know a what stinger. I mean yeah, a stinger yeah. yeah exactly um so yeah it's kind of uh it's it's I'm curious to see i guess what's what's the point going to be i mean the fact that he's a criminal that was you know allegedly killed i mean maybe this is just uh maybe the long con here is to remake Remo unarmed and dangerous that might be the whole plan and I'd be well, okay Remo, with that, you know? Remo, I was kind of hoping for maybe a version of, uh, you know, Escape from New York uh, set in the past. Mm. I thought that would be good. That might be a good idea. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I also, <laughs> I really liked the uh, Hollywood tagline uh, for this movie. Uh, you know, she, he asked them, you know, what do you want from me? And she says, your past. <laughs> I thought, that's, that's good. I like that a lot. <laughs> No, I'm I'm excited about it. I'm I'm very excited by the imagery, and um, I think uh, I think it could be great. It's funny because this is an odd one to bring up, but um, it could be what, in theory, the Gyllenhaal Prince of Persia movie was supposed to be, mm, um, which yeah. was kind of not very good. But in theory, you know, was obviously going to draw on you know Iranian and Middle Eastern history, just the way the games did, but it never really worked. Um, and this feels like. It's going for, you know, what Edward Said was actually talking about when he talked about Orientalism. You know what I mean? Like I, uh, people like me use, use that discussion talking about China and East Asia and everything, but this idea of constructions of the Orient and the Middle Eastern kind of stuff and sending it in Spain. So we'll see. We'll, we'll see if it actually comes out, comes to be. Maybe I'm just reading too much into it out of hope, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, you know, I think if nothing else that it'll help to continue interest in the series especially uh, you know in a year in which there's not going to be a new game released mm, um, yeah there was notice today uh and we are recording on a thursday there was notice uh this morning that ubisoft is working on a massive uh multiplayer rpg uh for assassin's creed for china for mm. the chinese market did you read anything i didn't about see that? that yet no that's really interesting yeah we'll, we'll go look that up yeah. and 
you know i'm curious to get your take on that you know and this is something you know developing games specifically for the chinese market is something that the really big game corporations have been up to in the past i'd say three or four years uh you know particularly activision has been really uh pushing this uh they've got already i think a an online shooter version of uh, Call of Duty, which is uh, directed to the Chinese market. And a lot of those ideas from those games are coming uh, to the States. I think the most uh, recent uh, Call of Duty trailer kind of points to some of those uh, similarities to the Chinese game. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm interested to see what that RPG will look like. And I'm basically going to rely on you, John, to maybe go and do a field test since you know Chinese um, <laughs> to actually actually try to do some sort of coverage. That'd of that. be fun. You know, the, the, the whole, um, yeah, MMORPGs in East Asia as a whole are really fascinating. And it's really interesting to see more of them come back over here to the West now in the last couple of years to be translated yep. and stuff. So, because of course, the whole thing, as many of our listeners will know already, in that part of the world, video game culture is very heavily focused on internet cafes. Um, yes. So people don't have consoles at home a lot. Some people have PCs at home a lot. A lot of people don't. Whereas you can, for very affordable um, fees, you can base per hour, you can go in and play Diablo or World of Warcraft or any one of a very long list of Chinese language um, yeah. MMORPGs. So I think I think they're being clever. I think that's something... Assassin's Creed is the kind of thing that kind of has enough Western cachet to appeal to Chinese people, but doesn't feel they, they're not going to feel like they're playing an American game per se. Of course, it's not American. Yeah. That's kind of the key part. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, I think this is something that you see also in their uh, regular Assassin's Creed releases. You know, for instance, these Assassin's Creed Chronicles games, they're all set in uh, in Asia, uh, you know, one was set in Russia, mm -hmm. and the other was set in China, and the and then the final one, uh, I can't remember the order, but the other one was set in uh, India. So I don't think that was a coincidence, uh, to put it to put it that way. I think this was uh, on purpose to try to hit that market, uh, and I can't help but think that this is this is a good development because I think you know whatever problems you might have with the way the Assassin's Creed um, portrays the past, it does help to elicit a lot of uh, interest in those time periods that mm -hmm. it covers, you know, and I can remember this particularly with um, Assassin's Creed 4 in the Age of Piracy mm -hmm. and, you know, for uh, History Respawn, that's still our most popular mm -hmm. video is the one about right. the golden age of piracy. So, you know, I think... Uh, I'm I'm a fan of the series f just for the simple fact that it helps to raise interest in history more generally. Uh, now, whether or not this movie is actually going to accomplish that, I'm I'm not sure. I'm a little bit concerned by uh, you know Marion Cotard's uh, lack of interest. Yeah. I'm a little bit concerned also by uh, the version of the Animus in the trailer, which includes some kind of long I know. arm. Well, you mentioned it the reminded Matrix me earlier. a bit. Make me think of the kind of the yeah, Matrix movie. Yeah, maybe. Made me think of the Matrix. Also made me think of Glados yeah, from Portal yeah, yeah, yeah. with Michael Fassbender on the end. <laughs> um, so he does a three-point landing I... really well, though. <laughs> um, he does. I do agree. Before um, you know, I just very quickly as well. I mean, it's been great for the videos for the channel, but also, you know, I've taught uh, history and video games classes the last couple of years. You're teaching one next year, Bob, and um, yeah. I'm sure you'll find, as I have, that the Assassin's Creed games are a huge boon because you get different kinds of students who want to take a class like that and 
with any class you'll ever teach, regardless of the topic, you want a mix of interests and a mix of backgrounds. I mean, as much as you can get. Um, but Assassin's Creed unquestionably has pulled in video game players who wouldn't necessarily have thought of themselves as people who cared that much about historical settings and games. Like Assassin's Creed's yeah. done a lot for that. Yeah. And, you know, I think, you know, for any scholars listening who are skeptical about video games and history, I think you need to come to terms with the fact that a lot of people growing up now, their first contact with any sort of historical material will probably come through a video game, mm-hmm. will probably come through a tablet game, will probably come through a cell phone game. Uh, you know, it's not going to come through a book, it probably won't come through television, but there's all sorts of historical material in this medium. Uh, and, you know, like you said, John, you know, somebody could come across Assassin's Creed and all of a sudden realize they have an interest in history. And I think, you know, that's what it's about, mm-hmm. at least for us. Um, you know, I think uh, we'll see what the movie does for that. But uh, we'll have to plan. You know, I've been thinking about this. We have to plan for maybe doing a special issue of the uh, either YouTube series or maybe the uh, podcast on the movie. I don't know how we're going to work that, but uh, I think it'd be interesting to do like a, a video review or a podcast review yeah. uh, of the film and maybe even eventually uh recording uh our own commentary over the film i think that would be kind of a fun project that'd be a lot of fun yeah hold us to it listeners sounds good yes yes please (laughs) okay i think that does it for what has turned out not to be such a brief uh, podcast episode but uh thanks again for joining us uh again you can follow history respond on youtube on soundcloud uh and if you enjoy what we do uh please consider uh, contributing to our Patreon. 